live from the Robinson Auto Group Studios in the heart of the Ohio Valley. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Well, it's a good day for singing the song, and it's a good day for moving along. Yes, it's a good day. How could anything go wrong? A good day for morning to night. Good morning, Grand Valley. It's good to be another good day outside and inside here on the Watchdog Morning Show. 708, eight minutes after the hour, 67 degrees. Wheeling Ohio County Airport, 66 at the Highlands, 64 in Elm Grove, and 65 here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios, downtown Wheeling in the heart of the Ohio Valley. <coughs> well, that's a bad way to start things off. All choked up over there, Howard. Let me kill that. <coughs> Howard is uh, getting it together. We were all ready to go, and uh, he has to take a swig here. There he is. He's back now. I despise radio announcers of any kind who do that. I always say you've got an hour to get ready for your first thing, and then you open your mouth and you <coughs> start to cough. Jeez, let me try this again. Good morning, Grand Valley, and uh, welcome to the Watchdog Morning Show. It's going to be a good day inside, a good day outside here at 7.09 in the morning. 67 degrees at the Wheeling, Ohio County Airport, 66 at the Highlands, 64 in Elm Grove, and 65 degrees here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios, downtown Wheeling in the heart of the Ohio Valley. It's going to be another good day today. Lots of sunshine. We'll quickly warm up to the 80s before lunchtime and head into the upper 80s, close to 90 again by midday this afternoon. Could see a few showers and storms firing up real late in the afternoon in the early evening. Tomorrow, stray shower in the morning. Then we'll see again another pretty nice day, plenty of sunshine, although mixed with some clouds. Yesterday, Bob, uh, it was a hot day. My Lord, it was hot yesterday. Yeah, it was. Uh, probably the first day of the summer where I really felt the humidity and said, eh, you know, it's just, it's just not worth it. I mean, it's hot and it's humid. Just... Maybe wait till later, and I waited till later, and then I nah, didn't get anything done. Howard, <laughs> this, is a, this is a good summer day to look for some shade. Teddy and I went to the in the swimming pool, his parents' backyard pool, and we had a great afternoon. It was almost too hot to be in the pool. You know, one of those days. I mean, even the pool, the sun was just beating down on you. I just slather sun uh, screen on myself and everybody else. <laughs> uh, his dad made Teddy get out every half an hour. So no, it's too hot to stay in there. You got to get out, cool down. Go back in again. It was just blazing hot. It was on the uh, pool deck. Feels like temperature 106 degrees. Yeah, that's warm. Uh, I went to the library yesterday, so I am prepared. Uh, I'm maybe today. I doubt it because I got a, a little bit more to do, and I got to. We got to make sure that I'm on the same page with Adam. But I'm this close to going to Ogilvy Park and spending the day, Howard. I'm going to suck in the rays, and I'm going to stay there all day. Uh, this sounds like a good day to do it. Today is? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's, it's going to be hot. You want to find a place where you can get into some shade, enjoy the sun, and then get into shades, go back and forth, but not shades. Shades are your sunglasses. Shade. Uh, but I think this would be a good day to go up to the park or Wheeling Well, Park I think you just talked me into it, Howard. Yeah, all no, right. I'm so, I'm can saying, you get a ride home or I got to drop you off? No, you can't drop me off. <laughs> all right. That's on the way. I'll just zip up Peter's ride. No problem. But no, that I think this is a perfect day for that. Um, Nancy and I went up to the park. I haven't done this in ages. On um, 
Tuesday morning? No, Monday. Monday. Uh, we went up to the what they call the hilltop around the fountain up there. Yeah. And uh, I just got out and walked around, bought a cream soda in the sweet shop, sat mm. down, looked at the looked at the park, enjoyed. It was just a beautiful day to sit in the park. It, it really is. And, and my routine when I get there, I, you know, the, the pool doesn't open like it's like the old days. Man, I think it used to open like, what, at 8 o'clock? I, yeah. I remember getting dropped off at Wheeling Park when it was early. really, really early. Yeah. I believe the pool hours. because well, our parents wanted rid of us. Yeah, get out. <laughs> uh, we'll take you down there now. Uh, 11 o'clock, the pool opens. The first thing I do is I go grab one of those wooden benches. You know the wooden benches I'm talking about, Howard? Yeah. And I pick it up, and I carry it to the grassy area away from everybody because I want to read. I want to listen to the radio. Now, as the day goes on, especially when daycare lets out. People gather around you. You're not Not daycare, day camp. Uh, You know, now now I'm surrounded by a lot of people. But but that's okay, too. But that's what I like to do. I like to – that way, if I want to lay on the grass for a while, I can. And then I get tired of that, I flop up on the wooden deck. Aren't those wooden desks, those wooden chairs, what, not a, a table, whatever you call them? I call them a deck, but They're that's deck. probably wrong, yeah. Aren't they, I mean, do we like them because we remember them from the days of our youth? Or I, I just think they're the best place to go lay out when you're at the pool. Well, I mean, you read my mind. It's they, They've always been there since <laughs> I was a boy. I mean, I remember when I couldn't pick them up. You know, move around, and, and then the lifeguards whistling at you. Stop that! But at Ogilvy, at least up to last year, they let you take one out in the grass. And yes, Howard, they were really, really comfortable for a while. Now I don't like to spend, I don't know, six hours on them. I like to get a little break and lay on my blanket for a while. But yeah, that's the absolute best when the sun is beating down on that. It's it's just so warm. It's hot. You remember a handful of years ago, though. The park wanted to get rid of those benches. Yeah, they were, what's that? Yeah, they bad were, mood. I never did. I was. I had an. I had an idea of how I could use a few of them at home, and it was. It's a come get the benches. You could take them. I didn't do it, but what what was with that? Get rid of those things. I, they're they're a uh, an integral part of the Ogilvy uh, Wheeling Park pool system. Those wooden benches. I agree with you a thousand percent, Howard. A thousand percent. Hot day yesterday. I said 106 feels like temperature on our deck, and it did. Man, I would get out of the pool and I would try to dry off in the sun, and I could just feel it burning me, burning me. And in point of fact, Bob, I'll talk to Adam about this later on. This week has been the hottest week in the world. Since they've been keeping records. The hottest week in the world, worldwide, across the world. Now, the average temperature, 62.62 Fahrenheit, that doesn't sound like it's too hot because 106 here. But again, we're talking about the average temperature worldwide. That was Monday. That was a world record. Highest ever recorded. Tuesday, we beat the record. Went even higher. I don't know what yesterday was, but the planet saw its hottest day ever on record this week. I think I am going to go swimming, Howard. I think you talked me into it. <laughs> just, just jump right in there and be cool. Be cool. Be cool. Be cool. All right. 7.15 here on the Watchdog Morning Show for a uh, – I'm losing track of days. Thursday. Thursday morning. We have a lot to do today. A lot of things I want to get into this morning. Coming up a little bit later on, WVU political science professor John Kilwine is going to join us to reflect on all of that talk about Joe Manchin, no labels, third-party presidential candidate. Does that make any sense or not? Professor Kilwine will talk about that and talk in general about what third-party candidates do to an election. If your image of the Old West comes from Gunsmoke and other TV westerns, you may have the wrong picture. 
We'll talk with folks from the new streaming TV show called The Real Wild West about what things may have been like differently back in Dodge City that we don't necessarily see on Gunsmoke. As the state school superintendent weighs a decision on who she should appoint to the Ohio County School Board for an open seat, the intel today takes a look at the two candidates that deadlocked the local board last week. And here's some, and, uh, they talked to a variety of people about this issue. I have some thoughts on it. We'll get to that coming up a little bit later on. And the Republican field for governor in West Virginia, we know it's big. But I keep asking, where are the Democrats? Where are the Democrats? Apparently, Mountain State Dems are getting closer to their own standard bearer. And Brad McElhinney is up next to update us. Hey there, Dave Weekly here. Metro News Hotline presents what's trending in sports, music, movies, tech, television, and more from a Mountain State point of view. Renowned local and national guests pepper the daily lineup with authoritative insights and commentary on a wide variety of topics from West Virginia high school sports to the financial markets. Join the fun. Every day, Coop and I dip into irreverent discussions with calls, texts, tweets, the question of the day, and the always popular in or out. Metro News Hotline, weekdays from 3 to 6 on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. How much could a cyber attack? cost your business. The costs stemming from a cyber attack can vary tremendously, but are extremely significant. Recent studies have shown that the average cost of a data breach to small business can range from $120,000 to $1.2 million. In addition to financial loss, companies also suffer downtime, lost opportunities, and data recovery expenses that can all quickly add up. Could your organization survive a cyber incident? If you are unsure if you are doing enough to protect your data, reputation, and dollars from cyber criminals, contact the team at Omni Strategic Technologies today. Omni has the right tools and support to help keep your business protected. Call 304-242-7600 and schedule your free consultation today or visit omniperforms.com. Omni Strategic Technologies, the only cybersecurity and advisory firm that the watchdog trusts. A serious injury from an accident can be just the start of your worries. What if you cannot return to work? How do you take care of your family if you're disabled? At Gellner Law Offices, we represent seriously injured people and understand their problem. We know how to get you fair compensation. We will work hard to make sure you get the money you deserve for your losses. Don't go it alone. If you're hurt in an accident, call us at 304-242-2900 or visit us at gellnerlaw.com. We'd like to help. Over the years, you've brought opioids into your home. They helped when you were in pain, and you held on to them just in case. But holding on to opioids puts your family at risk. Learn more at www.fda.gov slash drug disposal. These are the 100 days of summer. And this is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe, brought to you by WVU Medicine. Painted up your lips and rolled and curled your tinted hair. Ruby, are you contemplating going out somewhere? The shadow on the wall tells me the sun is going down. sunny day throughout the day today. Temperatures into the 80s, probably close to 90 in some spots around the upper Ohio Valley. Right now, 67. 
Wheeling, Ohio County Airport, 66 at the Highlands, 64 in Elm Grove, and 65 here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios downtown Wheeling in the heart of the Ohio Valley. Last week, we talked with West Virginia's Democratic Party Chair Mike Pushkin about a variety of issues and uh, the governor's race and the Senate race as well. Mike left us with a tantalizing comment that he thought there could be an announcement coming soon about a Democrat candidate for governor. It looks like maybe the Dems are getting ready to have a standard bearer step forth. Brad McElhinney has been covering this story and uh, has some info for us. Good morning, Brad. Good morning, Howard. Hi. Was it hot where it was hot down in Charleston yesterday? It was steaming up here yesterday. Oh man, yeah, I'm seeing national coverage of what the two hottest days of the year. Right, the next couple of days. Yeah, and uh, it was. Uh, we went swimming, my grandson and I, at the backyard pool. 106 feels like on our uh, pool deck. So whew, it was, it was a scorcher. That's for sure. You know what you should do is go to the movies where they run the air conditioning full blast, and you can have a <laughs> my, big soda with a bunch of ice in it. Yeah, my my son left his grand left his son with me so we could go out and be in the heat. Uh, my son went to the movies. <laughs> he was the smart he was the smart one to do that. All right, so um, Mike Pushkin gave us an indication last week when we talked with him that there might be some kind of a of an announcement or more awareness of where the Democrats are going to be on the governor's race coming soon. And uh, it looks like the two names that are bandied about are now kind of becoming more in focus. I'm talking about Ben Salango and Steve Williams, and you have heard from or talked to both of them. What's the story going on here? Well, Salango was the Democratic nominee for governor, of course, in 2020. He is a Kanawha County commissioner and a Charleston lawyer. And he was defeated soundly by Jim Justice. <laughs> but Jim Justice is out of the picture running for governor now. You know, he's term limited. He's clearly running for U.S. Senate. And so it's it's an open field. Uh, anybody has a shot. Salango assessed whether he wanted to try to do it again to make a run at it. And yesterday he came out with a statement saying that running for office, for public office, is a tremendous commitment both personally and professionally. And then Salengo said, after months of consideration, I've decided I will not seek the Democratic nomination for governor. So don't know a lot about his thought process beyond that, except that he alludes to uh, the the personal and professional commitments. He's, he's a busy lawyer. Uh, he has a young family. And running for governor, even in what probably would have been a, a less competitive Democratic field, is still an enormous challenge. Well, and he got his butt beat last time, and uh, Democrats are not going to do, I mean, theoretically, uh, Democrats are going to have a, a harder time this time simply because our, the redness of our state is getting is getting redder. I have to be honest. When I heard Salango talking to a Hoppy, and Hoppy said, are you going to run? I sensed in his voice it was kind of like a, I kind of have to say yes because that's the right answer, but I don't really think so. I mean, I, that was always the way I felt he had expressed the interest in running. Now, I haven't talked to him, so I don't know, but just listen to the way he talked to Hoppy. It was kind of like, oh, yeah, 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 no, I'm thinking about it. I'm not sure that it ever was a serious consideration for him. Uh, but he, he has definitely pulled out now, which leaves only one public name that I've heard, and that's Steve Williams from Huntington. And you talked to him yesterday. 
Yeah, not not a lot. I exchanged a couple of texts with him, just wanting clarity on what he intends to do. But there was a, a lot of reporting in the Huntington area that he had made a Juneteenth public declaration, a, a speech at a local event that included him saying he intended to run for governor. But I, I didn't hear the speech, wasn't there. And, and so I just wondered where things stood. Uh, what Williams said is he, he acknowledged that Juneteenth statement saying he's probably going to run, but he said it won't be official until I intend to file, and that wouldn't be until sometime in July or August. Well, it's July right now, and the field has largely cleared. Uh, you would think that Salango, based on the name recognition generated from the last run, uh, might have been favored over, over Williams if they had run head-to-head. And so I, it, it looks like Williams is uh, likely the guy standing. What, what Williams went on to say was, I was simply dropping the breadcrumb. It's never <laughs> official until it's official. I sure wasn't going to announce anything until I heard from Ben. I'm a big step closer. Well, you heard from uh, Williams. He's heard from Ben, so. Yeah, I mean, that, that doesn't preclude maybe somebody on the more progressive side of the Democratic Party jumping in. That's entirely possible, but it looks like Williams has a very good chance of winning that that Democratic nomination, and and best of luck to him uh, once he does, because as you alluded, it's a very Republican state right now. You know, if anyone more progressive does jump in, if I may just say so with my wise political cap on, they would be foolish. Progressive candidate's not going to win in this state, not in 2023 or 24 or in the next handful of years. I mean, it's just, despite what some of my very good Democrat friends believe, we are not going to see this state in any way support a true progressive. You mentioned uh, Salango um, and his name recognition. Steve Williams, one of the advantages I think he has is he doesn't have the same kind of name recognition. I think people have come to know him a bit from his mayor of Huntington, but he doesn't come out as a old line Democrat. I mean, he may be, but he does, you understand what I'm saying? He's not, I don't think, yet perceived as, as a Democrat in that Democrats are bad kind of things. I think he can write this, he can sort of start with a clean slate for himself. I think so. He's been mayor of Huntington since 2012, and my sense is he's pretty popular there. I think people like him. He has been involved in battling the opioid epidemic, uh, both through through local policies and through the court system. Uh, Huntington has taken the lead on, on a lot of those opioid battles, and so he's generated a reputation that way as well. It, it, you know, but if you are a mayor or a local government official, it's a challenge to generate name recognition in a short period of time in a state that is largely rural. Small state, but, you know, a little challenging to get around. It it struck me, I I could be wrong about this, but but it almost would help to have a primary because maybe you have a debate, uh, you get news coverage about the differences between you and the other candidates. It's it's competitive in itself. So I don't think it would hurt to have a primary, but it, it also, if he doesn't have it, would potentially conserve resources, the finances, to go up against whoever the Republican nominee is. We've got, what, four or five people? In the, we've got five people in the race on the Republican side of things for governor right now, right? 
I think there's actually more, but there are, you know, about that many sort of name brand people. Almost everybody who is one of the other statewide executive branch office holders. The the entire board of public works is running, basically. (laughs) Except for Kent Leonhardt, the agriculture commissioner. Uh, Mm. And then Riley Moore, the treasurer, is running for Congress instead of governor. But otherwise, pretty much everybody's running. Uh, and then the other relatively well-known candidate is, is for governor on the Republican side is Chris Miller, uh, the son of Congresswoman Carol Miller, an auto dealer who is is running uh, from all appearances on the on the right side of of that race for governor. So we've got J.B. McCuskey, right the auditor. We've got uh, Patrick Morrissey, Attorney General, uh, Mac Warner, Secretary of State, and Moore Capito, the House Judiciary Chair, all running along with. Chris Miller, um, who tends to be treated as a throwaway, but I don't know. He's Carol Miller's son. That probably gives him some cachet, I guess, in the in the Republican Party. But that primary is going to be interesting. Um, they all have their they all have their supporters of the of the key players there. When Mac Warner first announced, uh, this is just my personal opinion. I thought Mac would be the guy to beat, but some of the polling now shows on the Republican side that Morrissey apparently is the guy to beat. Yes. That is what I see. And, you know, Morrissey has been so involved in these national issues and very involved with the Republican Attorney General's Association. He comes in with financial support from from some of these national groups. So that that and I would say he was at the sort of forefront, uh, had earlier entry into statewide office compared to some of the other competitors in that race. Right. Uh, just to promote talk line for a minute, Hoppy's leading off today with some new polling about that Republican side in the GOP race. Uh, so that'll be the first topic. And then Steve Williams himself, I am told, has recently been added to today's talk line lineup. So if these topics interest you, gentle <laughs> listeners, uh, yeah, tune in at 1006 today here on the Watchdog because, uh, yeah, we're, well, we're, 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 you know, we've been in politics mode for, Six months, I guess, and uh, we'll probably start to. Then we kind of went quiet for a little while. I think we're going to start picking up steam again, and uh, it's going to be interesting. So there's going to be a, an aggressive Republican primary. What's your best guess? You're an analyst. You look at things. Uh, uh, will the Republicans eat themselves alive during a primary, or will they try to get along during a primary? I would a not deadly cargo ship to... fire on the water. Oh, fi- hi. Hello. Hey, I'm sorry, ABC wanted to talk to us, apparently, but uh, we've, we've told ABC just to wait. So <laughs> You said, well, the Republicans eat themselves alive, and, and he says, a deadly cargo ship fire. <laughs> I guess maybe you're maybe not talking about the Republican primary for governor in West Virginia. Yeah. Um, I, I would not be surprised if this goes a little farther and some of the candidates assess in key endorsements and the finances available in the race, and and maybe some of them say, well, it's just not there for me. I I, I think it it will wind up being competitive between one or more candidates throughout the rest of the year, but I wouldn't be totally surprised if the field clears a little bit. Oh, really? Okay, well, that that'll be interesting, and. Um... I, there are no other names from uh, you hear 
you know, underground stuff better than I do. I don't hear any other names on the Democrat side of things being bandied about. I don't hear anybody else who wants to even take a stab at this other than Steve Williams and previously Ben Salango. Are you hearing any other names from the Democrats being whispered around at least? I am not. You know, I, when, when we talk about the possibility of a progressive candidate emerged, uh, and I'm thinking sort of like Stephen Smith right. uh, a few years ago, that, that remains possible to me, but I, I am I have not heard names, even like even like Stephen Smith getting back in. Yeah, I, I have. The last time I talked to Stephen Smith, and it's not been recently, but he seemed pretty adamant that he he would not get back into into the race again. And again, uh, they took a stab at that. The progressive uh, folks from West Virginia can't, can't wait tried to put up a, a more progressive leaning. A policy-oriented uh, candidate, and it and it didn't work. I mean, they couldn't even win the primary. So, I'm just not sure that's uh, it's going to be the right way to go. All right. So, Steve Williams, Steve's going to be on with the Hoppy today. Is that what you said? I haven't checked out my Hoppy notes yet. So, yes. Uh, I, you know, I don't know that Williams is still to the point that he would announce. I, I don't. I don't get the vibe that he is exactly there yet. But he is coming on to talk about the likelihood and, and the situation he's in and to talk about sort of the, the potential state of the race. Well, it should be interesting. Uh, and then you'll be on to kind of analyze a variety of different things today on Statewide Talk Live. It is true. I'll be talking about this one, uh, the, the polling that I alluded to. We're going to have a little back and forth on that. that that's a tricky one because, you know, I, I am meant to be a neutral observer and don't really want to, uh, you know, favor one candidate for another, but we're, we're going to do a little bit of assessment based on the polling that we see. Well, it's, it's one thing to just offer your opinion, which is what I do all the time. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you could certainly offer an imp- informed analysis based on looking at the numbers. I have no idea what the poll numbers, what this new poll is going to be revealing. Uh, so let me ask you this. Will we find it interesting? I think so. It's a just to let you know to fill you in, you and you and your listeners. It's it's a Chamber of Commerce poll, and it does look at that fairly crowded field of Republicans and and shows uh, maybe some tears. I think I would call it not tears like crying, but tears like levels of competition. Gotcha. <laughs> it's going to be interesting. All right, so that'll be coming up today on Statewide Talk Line. All right, well, so Salango is out. Williams seems leaning to be in. And at least uh, there will likely be a Democrat, hopefully, uh, come the general election next year once they get through the Republican primary, whoever makes it through the Republican primary for governor. We've been focusing so much of our attention lately on the Senate race that uh, we've kind of forgotten to talk about the governor's race, and it's it's good to get into that. Uh, Can I ask ask you a question? You may. I'd like your opinion. Okay, let's say Steve Williams gets in, and as you said, he I think would have a reputation as a moderate, even if even if West Virginians think of Democrats as not being such. Right. Do you think if the Republican primary results in a more right wing candidate, do you think someone like Williams would have a shot? In in West Virginia, it's hard to say, but I think that I think if any candidate can, it's someone like Williams. He has several things going for him, I think. He has executive experience. He has been successful uh, in that executive experience. 
He has a, a name that people are beginning to know, but not, as I mentioned earlier, he's not sort of in the liberal Democrat camp where he can be attacked just in general for, for being that way. And I would think that I would think that would at least, if you have a far right, Morrissey maybe, if you have a far right Republican candidate, I think that Williams can make a strong case. Honest to God, even though I have a D after my name, I just don't know the Democrats have any future in the near future in West Virginia. But I would say if anybody could, he's got the qualifications that make it possible. That's the way I'll answer that. Uh, that's about where I land on it. I don't know what kind of financial support he might get. And, yeah. and if you're a Democrat in West Virginia, where do you even get financial support right now? Yeah. But I, I think he has about as much chance as anyone, and the chances increase a little bit if Republicans pick somebody who's pretty what right wing. You know, I have had, I mean, Stephen Williams is not in the mix yet, but I've had conversation with a number of different folks who have been big Democrat uh, donors. And all of them say they're down to figuring out which Republican do they think is the least offensive. Because, I mean, I'm serious. It's just that's that's where we are right now in West Virginia, like it or not. But, again, I think given the right circumstances, given a, a far-right candidate, maybe like Morrissey on the, on the Republican side, if Williams can build the name recognition the right way that I think he can, the, uh, then I, I think it could be a competitive race um, come, come the general election. But, hey, what do I know? I'm just a guy on the radio. I, I feel the same way, but that's my observation, too, that it's possible. You know, I, would, I, would I revisit this in nine months? But I, I think what might happen is whoever the Republican candidate is for governor, if Williams is the counterpart, they don't even run against him, I bet. They, they run against Biden. Yeah, well, yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely right. Uh, and they will run on simply being a, uh, uh, you know, a, a strong conservative. I don't know whether they'll be. Well, I, I think you're right. They'll run on their own position, run against Biden. They can't. Can they can they run? They're not running against Nancy Pelosi anymore. Cause they've kind of given up on that. Right. <laughs> uh, she's. Uh, you might still drop her name, I suppose. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. All right. Next hour, we're going to talk to John Kilwine, professor from WVU, about whether or not Manchin really ought to, has any shot at all at this third-party idea and whether the third party makes any sense at all. So we're going to shift in the next hour to our talk about the U.S. Senate race. That should be interesting, too. Hey, Brad, I wanted to talk about the uh, budget surplus, but I don't have time right now. We'll catch up on that maybe one day next week. Uh, as always, a delight talking to you. You give us some good insight and good information. I appreciate it, my friend. Thanks, Howard. Appreciate it. Take care. All right, Brad McElhinney with us this morning here on the Watchdog Morning Show from Metro News. Uh, he'll be on with Hoppy to talk about uh, a new poll that's out from the Charleston uh, from the uh, Chamber of Com State Chamber of Commerce. Uh, I don't know what it's about because he didn't tell me, and Hoppy's notes don't tell me either. But uh, we'll find out today at ten oh six. Well, let's see what uh, Adam has to say about the weather. How hot will it be again today? That's coming up next on the Watchdog Morning Show. Good morning, I'm Rebecca Little with your headlines for this Thursday, July the 6th. Former Benwood Fire Department Chief Garson Taylor was indicted on a total of five counts. One count of wanton endangerment, one of strangulation, one of domestic battery, one of fleeing, and one of obstructing an officer. Garson was arrested in Marshall County back in April following a standoff with police. 
And according to Benwood Police Chief Frank Longwell, Taylor's wife was found with a bloody face and choke marks on her neck at the time. Police say while officers were investigating, Taylor reportedly drove by, refused to stop at the officer's command, and then led them on a chase several laps around the city. And hundreds of lawsuits are set to be filed against the West Virginia State Police for alleged misconduct. Attorney Teresa Torreseva filed the first of those lawsuits related to the State Police Academy last week. Due to the expected high volume of lawsuits, Torreseva said she's collaborated with the team of attorneys as the case moves forward. Willing-based Torreseva Law partnered with the law offices of Kelly R. Reed and Cranston and Edwards from Morgantown. Torreseva says each member of the team brings their own expertise. Torreseva says all the lawsuits will be related to claims of hidden cameras in the women's locker room, alleged physical and sexual abuse, and a toxic work environment at the West Virginia State Police Academy. And the Lincoln Avenue Bridge over State Route 7 in Steubenville is undergoing construction for replacement. During working hours, the northbound off-ramp from State Route 7 onto Lincoln Avenue will be closed. Throughout construction, State Route 7 southbound traffic will be restricted to one lane. However, future nighttime closures are necessary for demolition. The duration from the ramp closure is 100 days. And that was a look at your headlines. I'm Rebecca Little, working for you. Why? Just think about it. Why is the number one selling brand of chainsaws not sold at Lowe's or the Home Depot? We can give you over 10,000 reasons. That's how many authorized local steel dealers you can find across the country. Visit one and you'll find a range of dependable gas and battery powered tools from trimmers to blowers. And you'll find service from experienced professionals. Real steel. Find yours at SteelUSA.com. Lowe's and Home Depot are trademarks of their respective companies. Hotline. On the Thursday edition of the program, we'll keep you updated on all the local sports news. Jermaine Lucier will also be here in the 3 o'clock hour to talk about TV, movies, and more. Larry Gross from Mountain Stage will drop by in studio at 4. Amy Smith on the Stocks and more at 5 o'clock. And Kevin Kinder on the Mountaineers at 5.33. Plus your calls, texts, tweets, in or out, and our question of the day. Metro News Hotline with Dave Weekly. Weekday afternoons from 3 to 6 at WVMetroNews.com and on this Metro News station. Spend your summer mornings with us. News, information, conversation, controversy, and fun. The Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. Come home drinking with loving on your mind. Just stay out there on the town and see what you can find. Cause if you want that kind of love, well, you don't need none of mine. So don't come home. 
up in just a tad. Slider on sports. Uh, all the late. I understand Bob was up late last night watching the Pirate game. Yeah, way too late, Howard. After one o'clock, uh, entertaining game, but uh, you probably heard by now the Pirates uh, lost. Hey. Yeah, I stayed up way too late. You know, usually, what happened to me, Howard? My bedtime used to be what seven thirty, eight o'clock. I was up till one o'clock last night. <laughs> well, you're I'm a wreck this morning. You wanted to, well, I don't know if you're a fan, but you wanted to watch the Pirates. Play. I did. I watched them, but now I'm paying <clears> for it. Yeah, you're paying for it now. Uh, and also coming up, I understand uh, Mr. Slider had, had yesterday a couple of uh, shaking my head kind of stories yesterday, right? Well, you know, I'm sitting in my chair, Howard, uh, yeah. and just just amazing. And I ask myself the questions when when a couple of these things happen. Do I know anybody that would do that? I'll run it by you. I don't know. I'll ask you, Howard, do you know anybody that would would, would do, do that? that? <laughs> I mean, really? <laughs> All right, so we have the would you know anybody who would do that segment coming up a little yes, bit later on, yes. Mr. Slider. Right now it's time to talk weather. Adam Fike is here from the Big 7 WTRF TV. Good morning, Adam. Good morning. How are you? It was a scorcher yesterday. I mean, a major scorcher. What was our what was our hot our high temperature, do you know? I don't know across the region, but here in Wheeling, we got up to 88, so I wouldn't be surprised if a couple spots did actually get into the 90s. We had, uh, my grandson and I went uh, swimming in the backyard pool, um, and on the pool deck, on the pool deck, which was in the sun, the uh, feels-like temperature was 106. It was just, that sun was just blazing down. It was hot doesn't begin to describe it. And I guess, according to a couple of national news stories I've read, this week, we've been hitting some worldwide heat records. Sure. So the, uh, the, the, sun is, the sun is out there. It is blazing. And it's going to be another warm one today, right? Oh, my goodness, yeah. Maybe just a few degrees warm, but it should be very similar. Humidity the same. Maybe a degree or two cooler. More spots hitting the 90s. But it's also a good reminder that like, as temperatures are in the upper 80s and 90s, it only takes 10 minutes for your car itself to feel like it's 100 degrees. Yeah. Let it sit for an hour or two, and you can feel like it's 130, 140 inside your car. Yikes. Which uh, There's a couple of things that you think about there. First of all, give your car t- a little bit of time to cool down or uh, to air out. Number two, <laughs> Bob, do you remember this? When the sun is beating down, you get in the car and it's hot, and you forget and you put your hand on the steering wheel, and you feel like your hand's being burned because the steering wheel is so darn hot. You know, it just gets it gets that way. Um, so uh, another hot day today, but that, so 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 I can get back in the pool again today. You think, right? Oh yeah, no, another perfect pool day. I would say do it in the afternoon rather than evening, because by the time we get to like four or five p.m., since it is so warm, so humid, we have a cold front that is moving on through. Could see a couple showers and storms that pop, but I think that's going to be mainly dinner time and on. So like that three to six p.m. It's going to be isolated to stray storms or showers. But by the time we get towards sunset, so that 8, 9 period, maybe 9.30-ish, is when we'll see our best chance for storms. All right, but it'd be a good, a good pool day in at least the early afternoon. Mm-hmm. Well, what's the rest of the week look like? As we talked yesterday, yesterday and today were going to be the really good days. We take a little bit of a turn uh, for the rest of the weekend, right? Weekend itself, not bad. Sunday is the worst day. Tomorrow, though, I would say even tomorrow is not that bad. Cold front is now expected to move through a little bit quicker than what was initially anticipated. So that means anything in the way of storms wraps up before midnight. Just a few light showers through sunrise tomorrow, but we actually should see clearing skies throughout the day. So it's not going to be as humid. 
still a little sticky, but not as what bad as it what is. Okay. Not as bad as it has been. So <laughs> temperatures still in the 80s, but we should see <clears throat> sunshine by dinner time. Saturday, it's going to be that upper level cloud, so it's like going to be overcast but not completely cloudy. It's one of those days where it looks cloudy, but you still see shadows. That Saturday, Sunday though, it's going to be a rainy day, as there's a good chance we'll see scattered showers, few rumbles of thunder throughout the day. But that wraps up mainly by the time we get to sunrise Monday. All right, so um, the weekend will be okay, but it's not going to be a perfect weekend. Another perfect day today, if you like the heat. I guess I have to begin with that. If you like the heat. <laughs> Another really good day today. Maybe some, some rain in the uh, late evening hours tonight. And then tomorrow, not a bad day, but the weekend's going to be just sort of a, not, full, not full-fledged for stonked, but it's not going to be great either. No. Nah. I was going to say, so like, the weekend itself isn't bad. It's nothing to complain about. Like, if you like the sunshine yesterday and today were better, yeah, it was humid. Saturday, if you like the cooler, more comfortable temperatures, it's going to be better Saturday. Or if you like the rain, you know me. You like the sunshine and the heat. I would prefer storms and cooler temperatures. <laughs> I gotcha. So uh, but Mr. Slider's thinking about going up to Ogilvy and sitting outside and reading the book, right? Man, it really sounds good. The more Adam talks about uh, the weather today, the more it even sounds even nicer, Howard. Oh, sounds like a good idea. You got you got new books. You got, went to the library. Went to the library. I'm loaded to go. Got, got, I got two going at one time. Even well, that's a good way to do it. Though. I love I it. Yes. One time. Yeah. All right, Adam. I, I appreciate. Go, uh, I'm sorry. Didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. I said, I can't do that, Bob. I have to read one book at a time and stick to it. Yeah, I mean, I don't do it all the time, Adam, but I'm, I'm with you. Sometimes I do, but uh, I, I like to, to mix and match. I, I, I stayed up till 1 o'clock last night watching baseball and reading. <laughs> I did that all day long. So what, do you, so what did you – I know you usually get a biography or something like that. What I did. did I, I got a book on Charles Barkley and uh, the uh, – what is the other one? Uh, Carrie Fisher, my, my dear Carrie Fisher, a new book about her life come out. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, right. big Carrie Fisher fan. All right, well, go up and read them and get – Tomorrow, give me a book report tomorrow. I will do that, Howard. All right. Adam, appreciate your time today, as always. Thanks very much. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Talk to you then. Thank you. 7.50, 10 to the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Nobody gives me book reports. I tell my kids, uh, uh, Teddy and the granddaughter, Ariana, I got them books. I said, now, I want you to give me a book report. Give me a book report. Nobody gives me a book report. Nobody tells me nothing. I mean, that was one thing in school I was pretty good at because I actually read the book. I like to read, so... You know, maybe I didn't understand the meaning of the book, but uh, at you, least I read it. Out. You go through cycles, if I understand correctly. But when you're in a reading mood, how many books do you read a week? Man, I don't know. I could do eight. It all depends on the time. I average, and uh, Nanette down at the, the library will confirm this, I average right around 100, 120. It all depends on my employment, Howard. You know, if I'm, if I'm working a lot of hours, you know, it cuts down on my reading. But uh, I like to get in those cycles. But I just very seldom do I get into fiction. I just I'm not. Well, I know you're into fiction. I just I I just it, it doesn't grab me. You know, it just does not grab me. I do fiction because I spend so much of my work time with real life. You know, I mean the news and and that kind of stuff. But sometimes I'll read oh a biography or a a, 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 a political science something. You know, but. Uh, when I read, I want to, for me, it's total escapism. But I know that you always have gone for the, uh, mainly biographies or at least, or history. That I learned something. I want to, I want to come away from that uh, being I- into it, but I want to learn something. Yes. All right. Well, give me a book report tomorrow. Uh, you get, you got it. Nine before the hour. Why don't you give me a sports report coming up next? Coming up on Metro News Hotline. On the Thursday edition of the program, we'll keep you updated on all the local sports news. Jermaine Lucier will also be here 
in the 3 o'clock hour to talk about TV, movies, and more. Larry Gross from Mountain Stage will drop by in studio at 4. Amy Smith on the Stocks and more at 5 o'clock. And Kevin Kinder on the Mountaineers at 533. Plus your calls, texts, tweets, in or out, and our question of the day. Metro News Hotline with Dave Weekly. Weekday afternoons from 3 to 6 at WVMetroNews.com and on this Metro News station. You want a hospital rising up to the challenges of today's healthcare demands. WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital delivers the right care, close to home. Developing new and exclusive services, recruiting top surgeons, featuring the highest level of orthopedic surgery, improving healing, rehab time, and outcomes. Offering innovative heart care through our WVU Heart and Vascular Institute. Establishing outstanding urology services with a highly experienced urologist and staff. Providing comprehensive, world-class women's health services. And equipping the WVU Cancer Institute at Wheeling Hospital with cutting-edge science for the highest standard of care. We embody the Mountaineer spirit, building upon strong traditions, moving forward with compassion. WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital, delivering the right care at the right place at the right time. When deciding where to dine in the Ohio Valley, think first of the Highlands with a full array of quick service choices from McDonald's, Wendy's, Five Guys, Taco Bell, Jersey Mike's, Jimmy John's, Chick-fil-A, or DiCarlo's Pizza. Or you can dine in at Eden Park, Primanti Brothers, Texas Roadhouse, El Paso, or Quaker Steak and Lube. Whatever your family's in the mood for, you can find it just off I-70 at the top of the hill. The Highlands, dining, shopping, entertainment, and lodging. Frio Stack and Associates auctioneers, realtors, certified appraisers specializing in antiques, business liquidations, multi-parcel land auctions. Frio Stack and Associates is a regional business offering the executor, attorney, agent, and other individuals the most comprehensive and technologically advanced auction and appraisal services available. For information on our service, call our office at 304-233-3168 or email frioauc at aol.com. Frio Stack and Associates sells the earth and everything. Save big money at Menards with 11% off everything for outdoor summer fun. Enjoy outdoor cookouts with Oklahoma Joe's Charcoal Briquettes. Just $6.99 after rebate for a big 18-pound bag. Quench your thirst with assorted flavors of 16-ounce Calypso Lemonade. $1.25 each after rebate. Plus, brighten your outdoor space with 57-inch Tiki Torches. Just $1.99 after rebate. Good through July 9th. Savings are mail-in rebate. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. Save Conversations you care about with people you know. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe on WKKX and WVLY. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. Feel Fred up to his pelvis. The king is gone, and so are you. Okay. Round about ten we all got to talk. Believe me, Howard. This is uh, this is a true honky tonk. You just want to sit there and tell the bartender to shut up. <laughs> Give me another beer. You've uh, familiar with this song? Oh, I love this song. I mean, there's there's not this is top five honky tonk songs of all time. Really? This is George Jones. Oh, I thought it was Elvis' song. He's singing about his love went wrong, Howard. Oh. Well, that's what they all are about, isn't it? Pretty much. 
I mean, that's pretty much what they're all about. 7.55, 5 before the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Bob Slider up late last night watching the Pirates, sadly watching them lose. He'll tell us about that and more right now in Slider on Sports. I got it right here, Howard. It was a late night, but uh, Daniel Hudson struck out Jack Swolinski on a full count with two outs and the bases loaded in the bottom of the ninth, ending a very entertaining game and giving the Los Angeles Dodgers a 6-4 to four win over the Pittsburgh Pirates last night, Howard. Late, late. Late win. gave the Pirates a 4-0 lead in the fourth inning when he hit, his, hit a three-run homer, his 19th of the year. But the Dodgers came back in the bottom of the fifth. J.D. Martinez and David uh, Peralta hit back-to-back home runs, making it 6-4. to four. Brian Reynolds had hit a home run earlier for the Bucks in the first inning. The Pirates dropped a 40 and 46. That puts them in fourth place in the National League Central Division, seven and a half games behind the first place Cincinnati Reds. It is slipping, and it is slipping pretty quick, Howard. The Pirates mm-hmm. and the Dodgers uh, complete the series tonight in LA. Johan Oviedo, he's three and nine for the Bucks. He stinks. Uh, Julio Uraris, <laughs> uh, he's uh, five and five for the Dodgers. Again, another late start. Does he stink? Uh, he's five and five for okay. the Dodgers. Uh, Oviedo, he's pitching himself out of the league. Uh, another late start, 10-10 Eastern time. I don't know if I'll stay up for that one or not, Howard. And believe it or not, we got a little bit of hockey news. Uh, the Wheeling Nailers have signed Peter Laviolette III for the 2023 season. Wow. And he'll start the season here in Wheeling. And hopefully he'll make it up uh, sometime to Wilkes-Barre Scranton on his journey to the NHL. So best of luck to young Peter Laviolette and to coach Peter Laviolette. Uh, he'll take over the New York Rangers this year. So best of luck to the Laviolettes. A, uh, a, apparently a hockey dynasty family. I uh, certainly hope so. Certainly hope so. They certainly made their mark here and continue to make their mark here in Wheeling. Slatter on Sports Time, 7.57. We had uh, talked about the possibility that the Pirates might, might make a little run up here before the All-Star game. Looking less and less likely. Well, they got off the pre- – you know, it wasn't – you know, it's just, they're just not very good, Howard. And the pitching is just, you know, they, they battled. It was an entertaining game last night. Up to the very last pitch in the ninth inning, you know, they were right there. But uh, they get a lead. They just – right now, the worst part of their team is that middle relief that just they, – they just can't hold a lead for them. If they can get to Bednar, uh, they're aces, you know, because he's one of the best, if not the best, closer in baseball. You know, if they can get to him – Good things are going to happen, but it's just getting to him that's been the problem lately. Coming up next hour, I want to talk with Professor John Kilwine from WVU about this concept that's being kicked around that Joe Manchin might want to run as a presidential candidate on a third-party ticket like no labels. Is it likely? Kilwine's a pretty good Manchin reader, maybe not as good as Hoppy Kirchival, but he's pretty smart. And I want to see what Kilwine thinks about Manchin's thoughts on this and also – what about third-party candidates in general? What do they do when there's a third-party candidate in an election? That's coming up in the next hour of the show. I want to talk a tad about the uh, Ohio County School Board decision this past <clears throat> week to punt their choice for a replacement for the late Grace Norton down to the state school superintendent. We'll get into that. And Mr. Slider has uh, shaking his head times, uh, stories that had him shaking his head yesterday. And he'll share some of those with us coming up in the next hour of the show. So all that is straight ahead. We're looking at a uh, nice day today, hot day again, sunshine, blue skies, 
upper 80s at least, probably 90 in much of the upper Ohio Valley. Late afternoon and early evening could see some storms. Right now, 67 at the airport, 69 at the Highlands, 69 in Elm Grove, and 67 here at the Robinson Otter Group Studios, downtown Wheeling, in the heart of the Ohio Valley. Pouring the last drop from his toe, yabba-dabba-doo, the king is gone, and so are you. Yabba-dabba-doo, the king is gone. AM 1600 WKKX Wheeling, FM 97.7, AM 1370 WVLY Moundsville. From ABC News, I'm Derek Dennis. A lawsuit against the makers of ghost guns, Philadelphia suing after this week's deadly shooting that killed five people and wounded several others, saying the guns used were makeshift guns without serial numbers. Police confirmed two of these untraceable weapons were used in Monday's rampage, which left five people dead. The city filing a 60-page lawsuit against two major manufacturers of these privately made gun parts, which are then assembled at home. ABC's Trevor Alt, a deadly fire still burning on a cargo ship in Newark, New Jersey, docked on the city's waterfront. The latest from ABC's Eva Pilgrim. Two firefighters have died, several others injured after the fire broke out in cars on the 10th floor of the ship and quickly spread to the two floors above it. Newark Fire Chief Rufus Jackson said firefighters were first called at 920 last night. They made an attempt to put out the fire, but got pushed back by the intense heat. The fire is under control. The flames and at least one explosion is still being reported. It's back to reality for millions of travelers getting home after the 4th of July holiday, but it isn't easy. Overnight, rough weather in the Midwest making the return home after the holiday difficult. Chicago, which was already expected to have the worst traffic Wednesday on I-65, hit with a double whammy of severe storms. I'm actually scared, to be honest, because this is not normal. The storm zone stretching from Illinois to Colorado, both home to cities with hubs for major airlines. ABC's Gio Benitez. In Ukraine, the western city of Lviv attacked by cruise missiles, at least four people killed. New unemployment numbers from the Labor Department due out in the next half hour. A jobless claims report just before a monthly job report often gets a lot of attention. Today's also comes a week after first-time filings fell to a 20-month low. That report followed several weeks of claims rising or holding steady. ABC's Daria Albinger. You're listening to ABC News. The Dell Technologies Black Friday in July event starts now with limited quantity deals on top business PCs with Windows 11 Pro. Save on select Vostro laptops with built-in security features and select Latitude laptops with enhanced privacy, collaboration, and connectivity. Plus, get special financing with Dell Business Credit. Dell Technologies recommends Windows 11 Pro for business. Call a Dell Technologies advisor at 877-ASK-DELL. Offered to business customers by WebBank, who determines qualifications for and terms of credit. You could throw your flip-flop at a bug. Ew, a bug, get it. But the chances of actually hitting it oh, over there are statistically it's still alive. Unlikely. Good thing nature's got your back. Stem bug killers combine powerful active ingredients found in plants like lemongrass and geraniol and scientifically engineer them into effective bug fighting formulas safe for use as directed around people, pets, and throughout the home. Stem, rooted in nature, optimized by science. 
Back to federal court today for the man who killed 23 people in a rampage through a Texas Walmart. Allegedly, he'll sit through another day of a sentencing hearing facing several life sentences. Fueled by racist rage, then 21-year-old Patrick Crucius drove across Texas targeting Hispanics shopping at a Walmart in El Paso. He's pleaded guilty to federal charges, and part of the sentencing process involves victim impact statements. I watched the killer the whole time. Dee Margo was mayor of El Paso at the time of the massacre. In the courtroom on Wednesday, he showed very little emotion whatsoever. He did not look over at any of the victims or their families. About a dozen more victims and families will speak today before Crucius is sentenced. Jim Ryan, ABC News, Dallas. The latest app to take on Twitter, Threads, is now live. It's from the company behind Instagram and Facebook with 10 million people signing up in the first seven hours. And if you remember to get a good night's sleep tonight, it could help your memory tomorrow. Optimal sleep is defined as six to eight hours per night on average. And a study conducted in the UK found that even when older people did not exercise, those who got enough sleep enjoyed benefits, especially for their memory. That same study showed a rapid cognitive decline in people who failed to get enough sleep, even if they were exercising. And this was especially pronounced in people in their 50s and 60s. Brian Clark, ABC News. This is ABC News. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I'm Derek Dennis, ABC News. I'm Dave James on the Ohio News Network. Norfolk Southern is suing the owner of the rail car that caused that train derailment in East Palestine. Yolanda Harris with Owen and Affiliate WBNS-TV in Columbus explains. Norfolk Southern says GATX, the owner of the rail car, failed to properly maintain it in the years before the crash. The NTSB said in its preliminary report the likely cause was a bearing on the car that overheated. GATX called the claims baseless. I'm Yolanda Harris. The Claremont County Sheriff's Office in Batavia, east of Cincinnati, says a 59-year-old inmate died at the jail yesterday. The Sheriff's Office says attempts were made to revive Joseph Lyseth when he was found unresponsive at about 3.30 in the afternoon. They say foul play is not suspected. The Hamilton County coroner will do an autopsy. Lyseth was jailed for a probation violation stemming from previous drunk driving and drug charges. In Michigan, a campground 25 miles north of Toledo is not going to allow swimming anymore. Amanda Fay with Owen and Affiliate WTOL-TV in Toledo has more. The Monroe County KOA campground is closing its swimming lake permanently. There have been a number of drownings and near drownings at the lake. The most recent happened late last month when a recent Toledo Public Schools high school graduate drowned. That drowning victim was 18-year-old Anthony Lavelle Shores Jr., who was living in the Columbus suburb of Pickerington at the time of his drowning. I'm Dave James on the Ohio News Network. Thank you for riding with the Watchdog. Live and local, just the way you like it. Why? Just think about it. Why is the number one selling brand of chainsaws not sold in Lowe's or the Home Depot? We can give you over 10,000 reasons. That's how many authorized local steel dealers you can find across the country. 
Visit one and you'll find a range of dependable gas and battery powered tools from trimmers to blowers. And you'll find service from experienced professionals. Real Steel. Find yours at SteelUSA.com. Lowe's and Home Depot are trademarks of their respective companies. Hello everyone from the Watchdog. I'm Darnell Foster with a look at your local weather forecast for your Thursday. Partly to mostly cloudy skies with a few scattered showers and thunderstorms possible through the afternoon with a daytime high near 88. Showers and storms likely through the evening and overnight with temperatures down to about 67 for the low. Look for partly to mostly cloudy skies around for your Friday with temperatures in the mid to upper 80s. Have yourself a great day everyone from the Watchdog. I'm Darnell Foster. The views and opinions expressed on the following program are not necessarily those of this station or its sponsors. He has his say, you can have yours. Text us or call us and join the conversation. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe, brought to you by WVU Medicine. But you got to have friends.